All right, there we go. And don't do it. What? Don't do what? Don't do it, Sean. After last night, I swear I'll never drink alone again. No, only with my friends. No one wants to go out on Monday, Tuesday. Everyone's drinking at home. Wednesday, I'm getting high. Drink the cellos. My God, you have a lot of glasses for a single man. Um, I mean, I'm old a, and going blind. You have a lot of alcohol, but that's understandable. You have <laughs> so many glasses um, and Moscow Mule cups. Yeah, well, they usually come in packs. Like you Dimpled. don't buy one glass at a time. Dimpled for her pleasure. Do you buy one glass at a time? Do you just have like one cup Ideally, and one plate and one have, fork and one spoon? And, well, so Samantha and I moved in together recently. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. And uh, she has tons of novelty, cutesy coffee mugs, oh. which drive me insane. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. Are they like hard to drink? They're so novelty? No. I mean, some of them are cool and some of them are less cool. But the thing is, it's just, I'm like, oh, well, I should get rid of some of my mugs because we don't need this many. And she's yeah. like, no, we'll keep them all. I'm like, but we don't need 11 <laughs> mugs. Just S- taking up space. Sometimes you do. You you don't. Mm. Actually, I de- I got mad because one time I broke my my very nice German made um, pint glass. Stein? Not Stein. Mm. A Stein is like what you drink during Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah. Like the big boot motherfucker. That's well. That's yeah. I guess that's if a, it's ceramic, maybe. A Stein is like I think it's a the thing with the handle. And well, the, I think what defines a Stein is the the milliliter content. Oh, I really? think a stein has to be a certain size, and so, it's big and cylindrical, and has typically has a dimples. But I think it's like has to be five hundred milliliters or something. Five hundred, yeah, seven fifty maybe. Um, it's large. Yeah, I mean, a yeah. pint glass is smaller than that. A pint glass is what? Like, uh, uh, welcome to math corner. Um, I don't know how many milliliters. Yeah, I, less than seven fifty. I would guess like three fifty. Oh yeah, because seven fifty is like a full bottle. Seven fifty is like a bomber yeah. bottle, which is like two and a half glasses. Right on, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> I broke my uh, my very nice uh, Spiegelau German pint glass with a mm. nice thin glass, so you're mm. tasting the meat, not the heat. Um, I Wait, was the thickness of the glass matters now. It too? does actually. How so? Um, you taste more of the beer. There's less glass flavor in your mouth. I know this sounds made up, <laughs> but I got used to drinking in a thin glass, and mm. it sort of erases the sensation of having there anything between the beer and your mouth. Weird. Because you just get used to drinking the Coca-Cola or whatnot out of the thick glass, mm. and then when you have the super thin glass, you realize, hey, I was tasting a little bit of glass every time I put Coke up to my face. You uh. just get used to it, but once you remove <laughs> it, you are aware of what was there. Gotcha. It's kind of like when a dog dies. It's like fucking without a condom. No, not at all. <laughs> Actually, exactly like that. Um, so anyway, I was cleaning it with my my special uh, uh, glass cleaning um, towel hmm. from Amazon.com. You have a, is it a dedicated towel it or is. is it a specialized towel? Both. Not ah, Jesus Christ. Well, because it's, it's designed to prevent uh, streaks. <laughs> Those ungainly streaks. Wow. So anyway, so, so microfiber. I, 
<laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I think that's literally what it is. So I, I must have flexed my ungodly oh. power just a little too strong. And yeah. I, it literally shattered in my hand. You are a mountain of a man. Yeah. So I anyway, the point of this is I wanted to replace it. But the only way to replace it was to get two pint glasses, which infuriated <laughs> me as I only need one. Since, Sam, since Samantha does not typically drink beer and I do not typically host people in my abode. Mm. I uh, never really hosted people until uh, you forced me to start. Yeah, I noticed that. I commented this morning, I believe, <laughs> as we were journeying to um, Huntington Park, that mm. it used to mean something, Sean, to be invited <laughs> into your home. It used to to hold a, a certain honorific in our society, mm. which has since been diluted by Monsieur's um, Pussy Master and um, O'Brien. Um, I suppose, but... Uh, Don't suppose, I'm telling you. Well, I mean, if anything, you are to blame for such phenomena. But when it was just me, Sean, it was special. But you brought all sorts of people into my home. I did not bring Sean O'Brien and Pussymaster into your life. (laughs) That's true. I bring a a revolving rogues gallery, Hmm. most of whom never show up again, Sam accepted. Very true. Who is the roguiest of them all. Is that the rule? If they do TBC more than once, you have to live with them? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of the, the practical enforcement of the, of You're the rules. Coming for Sanjman next? Yeah, I mean, that's or sort does, of— uh, does Skype not count? That's, that's common law marriage, I guess. Uh, More than one TBC appearance and we're living together. International boundaries will uh, be uh, This doesn't apply to Skype guests, Mr. Gibson, Joseph Gibson. <laughs> I'm, assuming I'm assuming that I got a laugh. I'm assuming that I got a laugh. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm bad with buttons. No, I like that. The double-double? Yeah. Oil and trouble. I feel like we're in um, Lee Scratch Perry's Black Ark studio right now. I don't know what any of that means. He was a mystic slash record producer. He mi- channeled the island vibrations. Into music? Among other things. In life? In life as we are in death. Like turgid. Was, was he actually like using natural acoustics to make music? Like, um, he was just sort of like a engineering wizard. Mm. He had very old, obsolete, half working equipment and mm. did sort of you know interesting mixes with them. I see. He had like a four track machine and he was making sounds that people couldn't make at Abbey Road with you know sixteen track machines. Gotcha. Other people had never thought to make before. You yeah, know? yeah, totally. Um, yeah, he and he basically. Have you ever listened to um, non-Bob Marley reggae music or Jamaican music? Mm. Dub, you familiar with the, not the Golden State Warriors, but the musical genre of dub? Dubstep? Not dubstep. Mm. Then no. Anyway, it's very reverb heavy, echo heavy. Gotcha. There's a lot of space in the music. Hmm. It's all about texture. About the notes you don't play? Yeah, to use that <laughs> awful phrase. Um, that's really what it is. Ah. Uh, but he he basically invented that entire vocabulary. But it's good. It's great. Hmm. Oh, the first time you do anything's great. Yeah, that's not true. The first time anyone wrote a horrible national anthem, it was amazing. The first time someone wrote, you know, a fascist state anthem, it was tremendous. It was riveting. I don't think that's true. The second, third time got a little old. By the fourth time, we were sick of it. So it goes. What would the first fascist anthem be? Um, I guess Mussolini, right? Is that the beginnings of fascism? Well, he was before H-Dog. Hillary? (laughs) 
the other H dog. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, yeah, but it, does fascism that, predate Mussolini? I thought so. I thought fascism was like well, there was futurism in Italy, which sort of mutated into fascism. Okay, futurism um, was like, hey, aren't machines neat and people unnecessary? Well, it may not have been called fascism, but fascism is is essentially just an author- authoritarian state, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but it's like not all authoritarian states are fascistic. Hmm. Like well, North Korea isn't a fascist state, is it? No, it's a communist state. Yeah. But so what's the uh, divided line? Dictatorship with a, uh, a capitalist uh, economy? I'm wondering that now. I don't really know. <laughs> I mean, obviously it's not communism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, fascism was still like profitable as far as I understand so like it was you well. Know, my understanding of, of the key, the key difference of fascism. Is, I don't know if this is even a difference, but it's more about whipping up the public hysteria against specific um, enemies within your country. That's a, a key component of it. Is setting people against one another. Whereas in that, North Korea, it doesn't really work because everyone's North Korean. So I don't know if you could have a fascist state there. So America. You could have, I mean, there there have been strains <laughs> of fascism in America since the 30s. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, I mean, who knows if he's even aware of it, but the Trump campaign of America First was first espoused by Charles Lindbergh in the 30s. Oh, really? <laughs> who was America's number one fascist. Yeah, yeah, totally. Who was openly a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah, him and Ford and Disney and all them right. fuckers. Well, most of them changed their tunes. <laughs> well, I don't know, I don't know what happened to Charles Lindbergh after his, you know, uh, child was murdered. Yeah, yeah. Was the kid murdered? Is that what happened? I mean, no one knows for sure, okay. but yeah, the it, the assumption is that they were murdered. Okay. It, I mean, as far as history is concerned, it just disappeared. The Lindbergh baby was never seen or heard from again. Right on. So maybe he's just, you know, flying around with Millie Earhart. Yeah, and with Tupac and Elvis. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're, they're all in Barbados right now. Just doing circles around the island, getting fueled midair. The Lindbergh baby probably invented Chill Wave. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Is that like a... Uh, it seems like one of those any, wave pools. Any mysterious know, yeah. persons, I feel like they're involved in Chill Wave. What is Chill Wave? Is this like Dicks Out for Harambee? It's not. No. Oh. Did you see Dicks Out for Gene Wilder? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I guess that's a worthy cause, though. <laughs> Did you see all this? I forgot what the exact phrasing was. Someone said that. Jill Stein is like the sincere version of the Harambee meme. Wow. Does that make sense to you? Kind of, yeah. Just like, the, well, the Harambee meme is basically just kind of like. Oh, well, let's talk about this. I feel like people don't even agree on what the Harambee oh, meme is. Nah, that's true. Because I've seen people online explain what they think it is. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, that's not what I get out of it. Okay. Because uh, I saw someone online explaining that they thought the Harambee meme was funny because the assumption they were making fun of the assumption that people that the the zookeeper should not have shot him and the joke was like of course they should have shot him oh, and no. I was like oh that's not what I got out of it yeah I get that it's like a meme on memes essentially yeah that's kind like, of what I've gotten is that the joke is just the relentless relentlessness of it yeah yeah not totally. necessarily 
It has nothing to do with the actual content. It could be anything. Yeah, just like the dragging your feet on a, a random issue for way too long. Right, something that is, I mean, it's sad, but ultimately a minor issue in the overall exactly. state of the world. Yeah. But something that people just won't let go. Exactly, yeah. It's like, it's almost more tangible somehow, though, than like the bigger issues, you know? Like the idea of like droning someone in a far off land, you don't right. like. Maybe the- it's Maybe that's what it is, because... <laughs> As sad as it is, it's a little easier to laugh at a silverback gorilla being shot dead than yeah. it is to think about the Syrian civil war. Yeah, or part of, all it, part of the great distraction, folks. Right, anything involving human suffering. Indeed. I mean, imagine if every problem in the world could be solved by just offing a silverback gorilla. <laughs> Economic stagnation, one down. Yeah. Immigration crisis, leave one in the chamber. <laughs> For our sins, Harambe et al. would suffer, and then we would be cleansed. So Harambe really is a Christ-like fig- a literal Christ-like figure. Jesus. Just remember to text before calling. So the message of Harambe is God is real, Jesus is real, the devil is real, hell is real, and you're going to hell. Dicks out, motherfuckers. Now I get why it's funny.